The Articulate Coven is the original, unofficial podcast and fan community for Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice's Immortal Universe from AMC and AMC+. Uh, Abraka Sazerac, by the way, is the uh, thing that I wrote at the top of my notes. Oh my god! Welcome. <laughs> you like that? Alright, we'll get into it in a minute. Welcome to the Articulate Coven. We're your hosts. I'm Joel. And I'm Ashley. And we are the Articulate Coven. And Ashley, we are back again. Better late than never. Uh, some yes, life sorry, stuff y'all. coming to the way. <laughs> I will I will admit, I wondered when it when it went, you know, two days after our normal posting time, three days after our normal posting time, I'm sort of surprised we didn't get at least a post or two. All right, have you abandoned this show because you don't like yeah. it anymore? No, we didn't. You're not as committed it. to the I witches. We're we not have- as committed. Now, that, I think that is fair to say, honestly. Very <laughs> frankly, even with all of the life stuff, you and I probably would have found time to would have talk stayed about, up late. Uh, yeah. You. Yeah, between <laughs> between all the other things. Uh, we we didn't quite squeeze it in. We, we are here today, though, and we are excited to discuss this episode, uh, even quibbles aside. Uh, and we're going to dive right into it. As a matter of fact, we're going to be discussing episode three of season one of Mayfair Witches, uh, the adaptation of the lives of the mayfair which is the novel series from Anne rice on amc we are the articulate coven your original fan community and podcast for interview with the vampire and everything that comes out of amc's and Anne rice's immortal universe uh there on amc and amc plus ashley overall what were your thoughts on this one um oh i felt like i was on drugs joel i was like did did i get roofied right before i started this um it was uh, it was interesting, and I do think I've kind of figured out how they're going to reveal. It seems like they're revealing um, the past lives of our of our like our historical witches, um, along with Rowan kind of discovering and figuring out who she is. Because we're starting to see some um, like uh, some, like side by side in the storytelling. You can totally tell they're kind of experiencing the same things. Um, so I think I've wrapped my head around that. Um, the show's wild. It is bananas. I was talking to a friend about it and she was like, well, I haven't read it. And I was like, to be honest, that doesn't matter at all. These writers don't fucking care. So, I mean, I liked it. I think we're, it's moving the story along. This was kind of a slower episode, but it had some really good payoffs in it. Yes. Yes. You are like right on the money for me pretty much i agree finally i realized oh we're gonna see parallel stories here they're telling us suzanne's story as a mirror to rowan's story yes and we're gonna see those you know continue to uh unite and tie into each other in a in a you know more one one imagines at least a more deep way um well I got to tell you, the the opening was my favorite part, I think, probably of the whole episode. The The opening of this episode in, in particular was really special. They're clearly doing something with this story with Suzanne. Um, you know, it's not, again, none of this is, is really a solid adaptation of the written work, but I'm very interested in Suzanne's story, and I'm very interested in this, you know, medieval version of the Mayfair family. Um, I, I hope they have a good payoff for it because I currently that is the absolute thing that's keep that's stringing me along. The modern oh. story, meanwhile, Ashley, it feels like someone's aunt read this book once and told them about it. And then they woke up 
suddenly one Monday morning and realized they had been hired <laughs> six months ago to write the adaptation for the Mayfair witches. And maybe they should have read it. Aunt, they, they can't get their aunt on the phone now. So, yeah, yeah, you know, it's 100%. like, all right, well, what did, I don't know. He, there was something about like, he blew trees when the witches died. I think I remember that in there. There was somebody yeah, named Carlotta so, for sure. It's so soft. It's like such a, like, I was so annoyed. That was something I, I, I was like, no, it's supposed to fucking storm when they die. Like, it's supposed to bring the fucking thunder. So I was super annoyed by that. I don't know. That's something, because I think that that's something that's so important in the book because they make it such a big deal too that it happens when Julian dies but it's all it's something that's you know that everybody comments on and it's, it was just so weird I was like did a bullet just come through that bathroom window what the fuck just happened yeah I the I mean we've talked uh, last episode especially we talked a lot about Jack Houston and how we feel you know a little disappointed in the character of Lasher so far in one way or another but the, that storm it's yes that is a moment from the books that that's referenced he always you know throws a little local storm when the witch dies but yeah not like that i don't know no I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing here okay so let's let's go right there though and we're going to jump into this spoilers ahead by the way if you haven't watched the episode unless you just have decided you don't want to watch it <laughs> and i'll say here too i'll say here listen here's the thing we're not, first of all, I'm not at the level of hate watching it yet. No, I, no, I'm not either. Still out. The jury is still out on whether this will be a good television show when all is said and done. What it is not, clearly, we know now the jury is not <laughs> out on this. The jury is in. This is not a good adaptation of The Witching Hour or The Mayfair Witches. So, like, let's see if they can win the, the bonus prize, you know? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not hate watching it yet, but... I agree. I'm not quite to but, that point yet, but man... This is it's really bizarre how how far they've kind of pulled away from it. And I mean, and I do think it, it is like a case of people just not being quite as married to the material as the showrunners on interview are. I mean, I totally think that's what it is. Um, because you're right, it's like a kind of like a, a watered down sort of sanitized version of the things that you actually see. Now, I say that, and they damn near cut off Deidre's fucking head. I mean, she was like a goddamn Pez dispenser in the elevator. I just kept thinking, Ashley, and every time I go back and think about that again, I saw like a meme of it or something yesterday. How are they? How are we supposed to believe that the blood held itself in from the sixth floor to the ninth floor with her head, as, right. as the coroner said, almost cut off completely? Yeah, um, for real. Like I have seen crime scene photos of a crime that something like this similar happened to someone and there was so much blood everywhere. Like it was everywhere. And this is not that. I mean, this is so like, it should have been like fucking The Shining, <laughs> blood coming out of the elevator like that. Or or maybe you could have just let her die like she does in the books and not done a whodunit for the, I, I don't. Anyway, well, it does. It seems like a don't. really weird, like, diversion. Like, we don't. Yes. They, it's like they don't trust the story to be interesting enough on its own. So they're throwing in something that they think we're going to really latch on to. 
So this is a sidetrack slightly, but let me just say here that the overall producer of the Immortal Universe was uh, quoted in a bunch of different articles this week, but it all comes from the same interview. And effectively what he mentioned was the sort of offhand comment that they're currently working on three other Anne Rice series. They've got these two that are in active production for future seasons. Uh, Mayfair Witches has not been greenlit for a season two, but you know the producers are working on what that looks like, working with the network on whether or not they've got the budget for it and, and the green light to go ahead. Interview is already in production for season two. They're about to start filming soon. So that's moving forward. But uh, Johnson, I believe is his last name. They say, uh, he says they've got three other series in the works. And he specifically referenced the Mayfair history and in particular their time in the Caribbean. And I thought to myself, or you could tell your showrunners to put all of the book in the show that the book is based on, you know, that's based <laughs> on the book and just, just actually do that instead of inventing a bunch of, like there are three really good well, there are two really good and one okay book in this trilogy, and all of them are like super meaty, just contain multitudes, whole lives, different stories. I It just confuddles me on why they're inventing anything for this. It just really blows my mind. There's a thousand damn pages for you to choose from. Yeah, it's like it's like if you adapt The Stand. Oh, oh, Joel, Joel, you know, I'm like, going to fucking lose hey, my mind. You know what would be great is if instead of a flu, it was zombies. Oh, my zombies. God. And you're like, we well, don't, we they don't always fuck up the stand. zombies. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Okay. So, let's, but here's the, here's the <laughs> thing. We're going to try hard. We're gonna, Listen, in the season recap, when we're talking about this season as a whole, we're going to do more of this. But between here and there, I am going to try hard not to continue to litigate what the show is not. Let's talk about what it is and what they're yes, doing. Yes, you're and, right. And that's where I want to go here. You're because right. there is some interesting stuff happening. In that scene that we we just referenced with the Lasher's uh, uh, sort of storm going on, we see, uh, first of all, we see Carlotta and the the sister who still doesn't have a name, by the we way. We don't I know her name this yet. This now been in three episodes. <laughs> we have no clue. Degrees. She still hasn't been... We don't even know for a fact she's a Mayfair. We like we know who she is from the books, obviously. She's the other, she's the other auntie. But like... Is she Carlotta's girlfriend in the show? She might be. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. It's a mystery that they still haven't given us the answer to. <laughs> yeah, the, no. The two of but them that are scene was lovely. Beds. That scene was nice. I liked. I I really love. Uh, I I do like. I do like that dynamic. It reminded me of the three witches from Sleeping Beauty. Honestly, like. <laughs> oh yes. That's very, that's a good one. Yes. They're missing the fun one, the fun, fat, blue one. You need the fun, fat fairy right. to keep you grounded. That's what's wrong with these witches. Oh, goodness. Um, so, but right after that, though, we cut to Cortland. Cortland alone in a, in a bathroom, sort of being uh, a creep. breathing heavy. Yeah, being a creep for sure. And he's attacked by Lasher's storm. Lasher uses the storm, breaks through the window, and and cuts Cortland's face with a piece of glass. And then suddenly there he is in the room with Cortland. We had speculated about this based on the trailers and um, you know Cortland's words in, in previous episodes. Cortland clearly has had interactions with Lasher before. Yeah. He's scared of him in this scene, but he's not awed by his presence or the fact that he could see him or hear right. him. Right, right, uh, right. He's spoken with Lasher previously. 
yeah, clearly they have some sort of, they have a relationship of some sort. We don't really know, you know, the extent of it yet. Um, maybe that will be another who done it. <laughs> but yeah, no, we um but you can obvious it's obvious that he sees Lasher, he's seen Lasher before. He's scared of him, but he's not shocked that he's there. So last week I said my read on the show is that they're trying to get us to believe that Lasher killed Deidre. I think the read currently is that they want us to believe at least that Cortland killed Deidre and that Lasher was angry at him for it and was sort of placated by the uh, push in the direction of Rowan. Hey, it's your 13th witch. Here she is. This is what you've been waiting for, buddy. So that also means that he knows he knows even deeper about what Lasher's intentions are. Yes, yes. Which, uh, again, sort of aligned with the fact that I am ever less, um, you know, believing that this show is going to land in anywhere near uh, a faithful adaptation. I think it is very likely now that Julian's been written out of this thing. They've given, Oh, I don't know. All of, so here's why I don't know. Motivation. Julian's motivation is that he understands what Lasher actually wants to do, tries to do it in the early 20th century and fails. Right. And in the book, there's even the implication that like his spirit is continuing the mission through Michael. So this is this is the thing that I saw in the cemetery scene in the in the oh shit it's a it's in the preview but I'm going to say it anyway uh Stella's yeah, name is on Stella's name's on the crypt so on the crypt Rowan is standing there and the list of the of of there's like it's it's Rowan's name is on there and the whole big deal is like oh I'm supposed to be dead but really what I was like holy fuck there's Stella's name is on there too so I know we're like it feels like we're at least going to get some of that time period and it would be crazy to just ditch Julian completely I agree I agree but I mean this is another one of those things that like is not part of Cortland's story in the in the novels at all there's no hint no. that Cortland understands like the overall project that Lasher has been trying to do through the Mayfair family Julian very clearly does yeah and like and, and honestly, I think there's even, it's been a while since I've read it. We're going to do it soon. There's even more of that in the second book in Lasher. There's more of Julian's story. And I think you get more understanding of like how in touch with what all was happening he was. Anyway, boy, I got my fingers crossed. But this episode and that revelation about Cortland. That gave me hope. That one, get, that little tease gave me some hope that we're, we're going to get some of our, our, some of our still really great characters from the past. Like, fingers crossed, but that's what I caught, and it made me feel good. So, some interesting stuff going on back at uh, Cyprian's house. First of all, we're, (laughs) and I've seen lots of folks. Best apartment ever. uh, Mention this. Oh, it reminded me of Daredevil's apartment from the Netflix series, though. It looks like, you know, he's got a cheap loft because (laughs) there's a billboard outside or something. Um, But, uh, we, I don't know what they're doing here again. Cyprian himself is an introduced character. And then we get Odette, uh, a whole scene with his sister. And it's like, why do we need... I mean, Michael doesn't even have a sister. Michael's got right. an aunt. In the He's novel, got an aunt, yeah. Not, like a non-factor. A- anyway, I don't really understand what they're doing. And then I did think right at the end, and again, maybe I'm giving the show too much credit, but one of the things that I said when we knew for certain that Michael was going to be replaced in the show, I said I was hopeful that 
they brought that like lowborn New Orleans aspect that yeah, the yeah. character brings, Michael Curry's character. And I wonder if through Cyprian and his family, the idea that Odette is here at this apartment makes me think she's probably local, which makes me think Sip is too. There's also the scene earlier where he speaks Creole with the, the janitorial staff, which by the way, I, I mean like good on them for trying and maybe they're hinting at the fact that Sip's from around here, but I don't think your average janitorial <laughs> staff speaks fluent Creole French like today in New Orleans, if you just walk yeah. up and, and, and if you do as somebody wandering around the building, I think the janitorial staff will be uh, suspicious, even if they do. Um, but still, okay, again, giving them the benefit of a doubt. What if they're building here a little bit of that Cyprian is from the wrong side of New Orleans? Maybe even they'll, they'll tie into, you know, Merrick's family down the line, which again is a Mayfair side that comes from the wrong side of the tracks. Well, that would make sense since they're already kind of teasing those sort of crossover moments. Um, that would totally tie into that. Hmm. That would be interesting if that was, well, I don't know. The, the we, You know, we've gotten the hint that we're going to get a crossover character. Yeah, I think that's still pretty far down the road. We're like, supposed to get at least the one Merrick crossover side of this things. season. Yeah, I think the Merrick side of things would be too far down the road. Yes, but you're I right. But I think that's something that we could definitely hope for eventually. So... <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the magic in this series and the universe, I guess, since this series we know is connected to our vampires. Um, Lasher seems to be barred from reaching or influencing Rowan for some reason. He doesn't understand it and Rowan doesn't even know it. And yet, if she drinks the, let's call it a Sazerac, if she has a, a cocktail, <laughs> uh, then suddenly Lasher can make his way in. I don't. I really. I, don't get that. I really. Like. <laughs> I was really super judgmental about her just taking a fucking uh, a shot off the street in New Orleans, and then I was like, "You can't actually pretend, Ashley, that you haven't taken a shot off the street in New Orleans, even in a test tube. I've done it. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, who the fuck would do that? And then I was like, you, Ashley, you would do that. You've done that. It's it's so not that part of town. Well, actually, there was that one time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. The test tube lady doesn't wander around in that part no, of town. You're right. She's not in that part of town. She's in the quarter. <laughs> but I've seen her. And that didn't happen to me. I didn't I didn't have a the craziest second I didn't participate in the craziest second line in the history of New Orleans. Okay, so that's an interesting thing there. I I wanted to question the second line and then I looked it up. The group that is actually performing, that's that's dancing, singing, all that, that's a real New Orleans group. I do wonder uh, how happy they were with their presentation in the episode. It's, it did not ring true to to what I've seen and witnessed in, in person or, or yeah. even in media before. But they obviously were going for a certain aesthetic. But it was interesting. I mean, yes, creepy. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. They were setting up this sort of like creepy, mysterious thing. I loved the like, I, I loved when you didn't know if you it was real or not that was kind of all really cool there were parts of it that i really liked there were parts of it that i was just like what the fuck is happening <laughs> did i drink the, out of the test tube <laughs> yes yes very much so this this episode did very much put you on that that opposite foot where you're like what what is what is where is up and where is down and and you know what are we even supposed to be doing um right okay but the broader question for me seriously in ann's novels 
her witches are not most of them are not actually what you would think of as witches they are right uh generally gifted psychics a lot of them are telekinetic several of them are mediums most of them i would say are mediums but yeah but what are these witches i get the sense that medium is a big part of this because the spirit of lasher and the connection to other spirits seems to be something that we're we're getting here but well i was getting that, i don't i don't really know what they're building well before um before this episode when we were looking in the past when we were uh getting that backstory and and just seeing kind of hints of that i sort of had this like witchy vibe from that like kind of like they're gathering for potions but in this episode they made it clear that she's a midwife they're midwives and so that made more sense to me that they're got like i was like oh, okay i was just kind of making this about witch's brew and i have the newt when it really wasn't um and it's just because i didn't I wasn't clear on what direction we were heading in, but now I'm kind of on board with understanding that. So I think that as we go along, we'll get a clearer idea of of what sort of powers our witches do have. If they're going to um, imbue Carlotta with any sort of, of actual power. Right now, she's messing with shit that she shouldn't be messing with. <laughs> that basement scene about did me in. Um, but I do think that we're kind of, we're on the path to for it to be more about being a medium, more about being maybe uh, psychokinetic, and then, you know, Rowan's kind of powers of, of healing and murder. <laughs> um, I do, okay. So Carlotta in the books absolutely kills at least two people that we, yeah. like, we know for sure she was responsible for their deaths. I don't think, though, the book Carlotta would do this to the hired help. Holy shit, Joel. This this fucked me up. I was real bothered by this. And that sound, just the sound of it. And then when the reveal happened, and it was just, that was fucking horrifying. You know, I think the one aspect of production that is absolutely equivalent, absolutely equal from Interview with the Vampire over to the Mayfair Witch series is, in fact the uh the practical effects and gore department you know, yeah blood and gore jesus uh, that that skull crushing scene was every Ugh. bit as good if not better honestly than when lestat punched through the the priest's face in episode yes one. yes i totally agree it was worse it was more it was better slash worse you know what i mean like oh that looked awful and 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 i mean not to like yes, really more, be disgusting about it yeah it was like you could tell it had been going on for so long because there were diff the blood was in different phases of drying, which is so gross and crazy. Yeah. But that's how good their special effects team is. Like there were parts of that blood that were kind of like thick and sort of congealed, and then there were, <laughs> oh, that fucks me up. Uh, it's it is interesting to me too, like that. I mean, surely Lasher wouldn't do that without the without the um, uh, necklace actually having an effect, right? The necklace must tie him at least to that location, right? So right. He, I think it has I mean, to tie him to the person. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I, I think, think it's that gotta, it's Carlotta doesn't understand. It's not going to keep him in the basement. That asshole wasn't even in the basement. He was probably standing outside, being a creep in the yard. Um, 
so I mentioned earlier that I really like the opening of the show. Here's something else that the show does well. I try to find moments to praise when I can. Every single episode so far has ended at the moment that I was personally most interested in whatever that episode had going on at that <laughs> second. I mean, I guess that's a good trait. Yeah. But if you think about it, so like episode one ends when we when the doctor says he's going to wake Deidre up. And as a book reader, I go, you going to do what now? Yeah. She's not going to die at the, the end of this episode? <laughs> and Lasher's going to be freed to go to... And then Lasher's freed before she's dead? And, and it's about the necklace, not her life? And I'm like, oh. And so as a book reader, I was like... What, turn the page, friend. Let's go to the next chapter. End of episode two, Deidre dies in the elevator. And Ugh. you're like, what are they? They brought Annabeth Gish back just to kill her? I don't understand what this show is even. What is? What even is this show? End of the third episode, we get this moment with Cyprian and Rowan where he's opening his power to her to try to get an understanding of, of who she is and also give her an understanding is the implication there. And I don't know what they're right. going to do. But I, I got the feeling that this may effectively be the moment from the novels where Aaron Leitner hands the, the briefcase to, to, um, uh, to uh, uh, Michael and says, here's the history of the Mayfair witches, right? Well, if Cyprian has the Talamascan files, we don't know that for a fact that he knows the whole yeah, we of don't. the family, but let's assume that he does. In this moment of you know, Vulcan mind melding, is Rowan gonna like unlock her ancestral knowledge and actually will will live some of this history with Suzanne and we'll get more of it? I don't know. Anyway, I lean forward. I'm like, oh, super exciting. Yeah. And then the screen goes black for a second, and they're playing the trailer. I was so mad. I'm I'm so mad. That was super weird, right? It didn't seem like that was a trailer. It felt like it was part of the episode, and it was so like that. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, the and I don't know why they've left it like that. Why they haven't fixed it? I'm like, surely this was a mistake you made before you put the episode out. Somebody fix this in editing. No, I think they did it very purposefully because it because it does. And maybe they're maybe they're like waving us in the wrong direction. I think it hints to what I just uh, thought myself, which is like, oh, she's about to get to download of the family history. The first line that you hear, and it's a woman's ver voice, uh, the Mayfair witches, three hundred years uh, of matriarchal line passing down all of their possessions to their daughter. Yeah. You know, something like that, and and you're seeing these uh, paintings too of the of the of the older right, witches, right, the right, 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 and so it's like, oh, oh, here here we go. This is the part of the book that's always. This is my favorite part of the book. This is know? the best part Maybe of the this book. Will be my favorite part of the show. No, it's just a trailer for next week, and it's probably just like a circle of modern witches in New Orleans that are going to be fighting this witch hunter thing that's coming that I don't want to happen. I anyway, I'm I'm going to try to stay positive. I will say this about about this moment, this mind meld moment, as I think we should definitely refer to it. Um, this this moment with the two of them, I hope that in in whatever information she receives, that we start seeing her act with some strength and some determination. I think that I, it's something mm -hmm. in the group, in our Facebook group, we've we've that's been the biggest beef i think is just that this version of rowan is is not as you know self-sufficient and independent and and not as strong in some ways as as our rowan from the book and i think that that's something that's kind of hard to swallow because it's such a 
different version of the character um and i've liked i've liked a lot of moments but like she has been a little like uh, sad and whimpery and <laughs> chin quivering you know and that's not that's not Rowan. Rowan can be like that in moments, but she has to come out of it. So I, I really hope that as she learns more about herself, we see her kind of start to take more agency in the story. I'm ready for things to happen because of her, not just to her. Oh, me too. Me too. I mean, the line that I used when we talked about the book was, you know, Rowan is a subversion of the damsel in distress. Right. Know? And and Michael is this classic handsome prince, except she don't need him. Like, not really, not in the end. Right. And, and even, yeah, anyway, the resolution of this book, what you imagine this series working towards, it doesn't really allow itself for a Rowan who is um, passive, you know, and so far yeah. we've gotten a lot of that. Rowan has been battered about by the events of the book as opposed to, you know, chasing activity and agency as she does uh, in in the book. Anyway, I'm hopeful. I got my fingers crossed. I yeah. don't know what they're doing here, though. If we you don't. told me, Ashley, if you told me before I saw the trailer for this series that I would be so lukewarm on an Anne Rice adaptation, especially one that was connected to the Vampire Chronicles. I'd have right. called you crazy. But like, right. I know, me I too. Am. I'm just watching it like a show, man. I, yeah, I am. I'm not like, I'm not invested in the same, I have to know, I have to know what's going to happen next. Like, I already know it's supposed to happen next. It's probably not gonna. So I'm just kind of along for the ride. But I, I realized, too, that, like, now I sound like the people that were bitching about interviews adaptation. It's just so different. It's not the book I know. And I don't want to be that way either. I want to be, you know, open to, like, this version of it. So I'm really, really trying hard to to um, to have a good, you know, a good attitude and spirit about it. Uh, you know, I wonder again, based on kind of the way that this show has been building itself out, uh, if Lasher wasn't telling a half-truth in his in the scene where he's getting uh, Rowan to drink the magical shot from the test tube lady, <laughs> um, he, I think he might have been telling her a half-truth there in the way that, you know, all the... Or actually, it's a little bit later when he appears as Deidre herself. You know, yeah. all of us are connected through him is what Deidre says there. And I wonder if that's not what they're building towards because these flashback sequences that we're seeing of Suzanne, again, if I'm right, and Cyprian's going to kind of unlock this thing for Rowan with his power, those flashback sequences may actually play out as Rowan getting the download of the family history. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So absolutely. she's experiencing those moments as Suzanne. I think that may be the way that this, they work this thing. That could be really cool. And again, I, here I'm just, I'm out for good TV. Make make good TV, folks. Yeah, and tell me a fun story. Make, uh, TV that's highly enough rated that we keep getting more of it. Yes, please, and thank you. That's what we want. Yeah, this one, I don't know. You're right. It is kind of just like, I, I'm watching um, The Last of Us as well. And when I tell you that, like, I'm, like, on the edge of my seat, I am on the edge of my seat, like I was with Interview, with it, um, with the show. And I just, I don't find myself in that, in the throes of, like, desperation as far as, like, the episode just ended and I have to wait a fucking week, you know? Yes. And by the way, I've been putting off The Last of Us just because I know the subject matter is so heavy, uh, especially <laughs> for a father. Um, 
But yeah. I have heard nothing but high praise about that. It's Everybody amazing. Everybody says it's a great ad- adaptation. Everybody says it was a great story to begin with in the video it game. Is. So distilling that down into you know good live action TV should be really really great. If you're um, if you're in for this one and you've got HBO Max or access to HBO, you probably want to be checking that oh, out too. Oh, I highly recommend it. It is fantastic. Uh, Ashley, before we wrap up, I want to continue our new trend, at least for a while here, uh, as long as I remember it, of reading a review of the show from oh, excellent. Uh, Apple Podcasts in this case. Uh, hey, thanks for reviewing, from, guys. We appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. This comes from uh, Cheetah for Sale. New fave, five stars, obsessed <laughs> with the new interview with the Vampire series, and so glad I found this podcast. The host knowledge of Anne Rice lore adds so much to the discussion. Can't wait for Mayfair, which is Cheetah for Sale. How's that weight going? What do you, how do you feel now, friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you feel? Let us know. Let us know how you're feeling. And help us, help us. If like you are into this, guys, if you are like, no, Ashley, no, Joel, you're full of shit. This is amazing, and this is why I need you to tell me those things so that I can get as cranked about it as you are. Uh, you know what? There, somebody did post. Let me pull this up because I, I don't want to. I don't want to um, overlook this, and I want to give credit where credit is due. Someone posted in the Facebook group earlier. Uh, there is a someone on Twitter, which I am no longer on, but I did click through this link and check out uh, some of their... Yeah, okay, here it is. Haha, I knew I could find it. On Twitter, and I'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. Um, the handle is at tail treading, tail T reading. Uh, they do apparently episode-specific breakdowns in oh, excellent on Twitter. And they're very, very good, honestly. They made a lot of really interesting points. For instance, um, here's a perfect example. I'm going to read this off at the top. Okay. In the opening scene in Scotland, um, first of all, they have the name of the uh, woman who is speaking to Suzanne, presumably her mother. Alf, I think is how they say her. I don't believe it's ever said in the episode. Maybe they got that from the It was because I saw it in the, uh, uh, anyway, in the subtitles. Oh, there you go. So that woman tells Suzanne that she wants to fly with regard to henbane. So Mm -hmm. black henbane or stinking nightshade is another uh, name for it. It's a poisonous plant along with um, aconite, which was mentioned in episode two. Those are two of uh, what people call the witching herbs. Uh, Folklore, especially Christian witch hysteria, attributes uh, henbane to be one of the ingredients in the flying ointment when mixed with the fat of unbaptized babies, supposedly allowed witches to take to the sky. Uh, Per Francis Bacon, he wrote that. Henbane is hallucinogenic, and it's speculated that it was used in early medicine to mitigate pain. Basically, you'd get them real high. They would fly psychoactively, to avoid the pain that they were, their body was going through. So that is apparently the the implication there. And again, that's like subtext that you wouldn't have picked up that's on. That's awesome. Yeah, right? So there's a lot of things there, apparently, that the writers are trying to do if you dig deep enough into it. And some of those are coming through in these threads. Check this out. I'll put a link in the show notes, um, especially if you want to look for the positives in this show and you want to look for the little moments where they do pull things, not necessarily from the books in this case. Most of this thread does not pertain to the novels themselves. Um but there are a couple of references that she found that that I was surprised by. Oh, I didn't realize maybe that is a little hint in the direction of the books. 
so again, I'll put that note in there and um, and check it out. Uh, keep up with with them if you're still on the tweeters. That's awesome, uh, Ashley. Uh, anything that you have to add before we wrap up for this week? We'll be back. I do quickly I, as we uh, get yes, ready for we episode will. four coming up this weekend. I do think I'm very excited about the next couple of episodes because the momentum is is pushing Ro into the house, and I'm ready for that house to be involved in this story more. Um, I'm excited for her to get home and to start seeing what's going to happen once she's in the house with the Mayfairs, you know, they're going to throw this wake. We're going to have this funeral. So I'm very, I'm very interested and excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen when we have everybody in that creepy, creepy house together. Uh, I also have been, uh, I've been given a renewed excitement for the next couple of months because it's sort of like it's it's gotten back into my head that as soon as this show wraps, the trickle of information, news and rumors and speculation and announcements all begins to drop about not yep. only season two of this show, potentially season two of Interview with the Vampire, but also, again, those other three series that AMC is working on. You're, they're going to want to get at least one of those into production, if possible, in between now and when season two of Interview with the Vampire drops, just so you can begin to have a steady cadence and the Anne Rice fans will be you know, always needing to stay subscribed to AMC. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to is we still have books to read, you know, in our downtime from the shows we have, you know, we'll be picking up the vampire Armand and rolling with that here pretty soon. So, you know, there's always, there's always something for us to look forward to. I, speaking of books to read, since we often do mention a TV show that we've watched that that we really enjoyed, uh, which, by the way, I, I will probably be mentioning next week uh, or, or on next episode, uh, my thoughts on um, Mathrigan or, or Megan, I think, if you want to pronounce it properly, the, uh, the new movie that came out about the killer robot. I, I can't wait till you tell me about it. Way back in the day. That movie looks fantastic. I've I've got it the other day on digital, so Kelly and I are going to try to watch it soon. But what I want oh, to reference awesome. uh, in this episode and tell everybody just a little bit about and kind of recommend, I'm, I've been reading an excellent book. We just took this trip last weekend to uh, New Orleans, and you know, on the drive down there and back, it's about four and a half hours for us uh, each way. And I listened to a ton of this book there, and I'm trying to maybe finish it this next week. Uh, this is a book by Adrian uh, Tchaikovsky. And I, I'm not. I'm way behind on this. I think the curve is is way ahead because there's already the third book is about to drop at the end of this month. I think, but the the series is is um, it starts with the book Children of Time. Uh, it's Children of Time, Children of Ruin, and I can't remember what the third one is called. That's going to drop the end of this month. But they're sci-fi books. This writer is brilliant. He's written a, a short story, a novella that came out this year that's a mix of fantasy and sci-fi that people have been praising. It's been on a bunch of like best of the year end lists sort of thing. I've got that loaded up on my Kindle when I get done with this series. But this series, particularly if you've ever been a fan of like the Planet of the Apes series, I think this one is for you. It's not like Planet of the Apes, but if that sort of speculative fantasy and sci-fi uh, tickles your brain, 
I think you're gonna. This is gonna be right up your alley too. Ooh. So I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. Excellent. Uh, we love a series. But when I wrap this one up, I, I agree. I'm 100 percent with you. But when I wrap this one up, before I go to the sequel, uh, as Ashley referenced there, I am going to be moving on to. Uh, we're going to do. Are we going to do the Vampire Armand? Or are we going to do Pandora first? Which did we? Decide? I thought we said we'd do Armand first because of of the That's end right. of the Just season. Just to make sure we get it between seasons. Yes. Yes. The, yes. The, the season interview of the vampire ended with a a heavy Armand uh, influence. We'll go to that novel next. Um, so I'm going to finish this Tchaikovsky novel. I'm going to move on to uh, Vampire Armand. You can join us there. And then uh, when we get that episode out, we'll we'll move on to uh, Our Lady Pandora. Oh, I can't wait. Holds a special place in both of our hearts. Absolutely. Yes. All right. That's your homework, folks. Get ready. Watch the uh, fourth yeah. episode of Mayfair Witches <laughs> and join us again next weekend. Until then, we've been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Ashley. And we are the Articulate Coven. Thanks for listening to the Articulate Coven. You can join our community on Facebook by following the links in the show notes or searching for Articulate Coven on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at ArticulateCoven.com. And share us with your Anne Rice-loving friends. <laughs>